Glory to you, O Lord Christ. Our gospel today is indeed from St. John, chapter 8, verses 31 through 36, and can be found on page 1663 of your Pew Bible. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In 1517, a monk who was also a university professor, uh, a uh, composer, a brewer, his name was Martin Luther. He wished to have a scholarly debate concerning the topic of indulgences. He did what any university professor would do. He composed an invitation, an invitation to debate and he came up with 95 talking points concerning indulgences. The original title of this invitation was this, The Disputation of Martin Luther on the Power and Efficacy of Indulgences. However, most people call it the 95 Theses. On October 31st, 1517, Luther sent copies of these 95 theses to his own supervisor and to the archbishop who, is, who supervised the sale of the indulgences. And much to Luther's surprise, the 95 theses became very popular. In fact, within two weeks, Copies of this document had spread throughout Germany. And within two months, it had spread throughout Europe. Printers began translating the 95 theses from the original Latin into local languages, and they printed it, and they widely copied them, and making this one of the first examples of the power of the press. And after Martin Luther died, some of his friends 
said that he had also posted the 95 theses on the university bulletin, bulletin board. And the university bulletin board was the front door of All Saints Church in Wittenberg. And that was on October 31st, 1517, the day before the Feast of All Saints, which is November 1st. Now, this makes a certain amount of sense, the nailing it on the bulletin board, because everyone involved with the university would attend services on the Feast of All Saints, and they would see the invitation to debate. And since the publication of the 95 Theses was the spark that resulted in the Reformation of the 16th century, we remember this Sunday, the Reformation, October 31st. Now, as we observe the Reformation of the 16th century, we should, first of all, make sure that we know what a Reformation is. Many people seem to think and believe that Reformation is simply a change, a change for change's sake. And we know that change for change's sake makes well, it means that everything is fresh, and it's new, and it's innovative, and so forth. And for some people, this is very exciting, and it's very attractive. And, well, that really isn't what Reformation is about at all. It just isn't. Now, Reformation is about returning to the truth. In the case of government, government reform... It is about getting rid of corruption, and it's about getting back to the law of the land. And in the case of religious reform, it is about getting back to God's word. In today's reading from the gospel, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you Amen. John 8, 31 through 32. And Jesus makes it clear that abiding in his word leads to truth, and truth leads to freedom. Now, the reason we need constant reform is that we are sinful people who live in a sinful world. We know that the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, well, they are constantly at work to drag us away from the truth that sets us free. And as a result, we constantly stray away from God and away from his word. As the Holy Spirit inspired Isaiah to write, we all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to their own way. Now, because we constantly stray, we need constant reformation. The history that we have in the Bible is an account of one reformation after another. In fact, in Eden, the serpent said to the woman, did God actually say, 
That's in Genesis 3, verse 1. And so with those words, did God actually say he drew Adam and he drew Eve away from God's word? And then God brought about reformation as he condemned the serpent and he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his feet. That's Genesis 3.15. Now that's not all. There was another reformation in the days of the flood. God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Genesis 6, 13 and 18. Humanity strayed, but God brought Noah and his family back to the truth. Now the patriarchs, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of Jacob's sons strayed away from God's word. And in each case, God brought about reformation that brought them back to the truth. And Moses, Moses strayed, and God brought him back to the truth. In fact, God used Moses in turn when the Israelites strayed. God worked through Joshua as well to bring reformation to his people. In fact, the entire history recorded in Judges is one of the people straying from the truth and God taking them through some very strenuous reformation in order to bring them back to the truth. And the history of the kings of Israel and the Judah, and it's full of people straying from the truth and God bringing reformation to them, bringing them back to the truth. And eventually the people strayed we read, from the truth so severely that they found themselves in exile in Babylon. But even there, God brought reformation through servants such as Daniel and Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther. And many of the letters that Paul wrote to the various churches of the first century were also about reformation. Think about it. The Corinthians and the Galatians had wandered especially far from the truth, the truth of God's word, and Paul's letters brought them back to the truth. And the interesting thing is that with all the changes in this world, human nature does not change all that much. We heard in today's reading from the gospel that we, we heard Jesus uh, respond. The people responded to Jesus and they answered him. Do you remember this part? We are offspring of Abraham. And I'm like, hey, here's my credentials. 
I'm the offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say that you will become free? Can you see the fallacy in that? The fallacy is this, that they forgot their ancestors, their ancestors' slavery in Egypt. They forgot about their ancestors' exile in Babylon. They didn't even think. At the time they're saying this, to lift their eyes up, look over yonder, and to see past the temple area just north to see Roman soldiers who are keeping an eye on them and on the temple grounds from the Antonia Fortress. We're not in bondage. We're not slaved, right? They weren't free, in fact. They weren't free politically, and even worse than that, they were not free spiritually. Now, things haven't changed all that much through the centuries. We still insist that we do not have a problem. We deny our slavery to sin. We still believe that we can get along just fine without help from anyone. And even with all the evidence of evil in this world, we still insist that we are spiritually free. One of the easiest ways to stray away from the truth is to believe that we can produce our own spiritual freedom. Now, the answer that Jesus gave back then is just as valid for us today. Jesus answered them this, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. So in spite of all of our protests, we can't free ourselves from slavery to sin. The fact that this world has war and crime and natural disaster and so forth, it shows us that sin still influences this broken world. And the fact that each of us is still, we still have pain, we still have weakness, we still have illness, and ultimately death shows the influence of our sin, of sin in our lives. It also shows us that we would be lost forever unless we were delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. Now, here's the good part. Fortunately, Jesus did not stop his teaching with condemnation. After he spoke of slavery of sin, he spoke of freedom. Freedom. He continued by saying, the sun remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's John 8, 34 through 36. You are free indeed. Jesus is the greatest reformer of all. His words, they not only bring people back to the truth, but his gracious actions give power to his words. At another time when he was describing the death that he would die, he said this, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, 
will draw all people to myself. And since he is the truth, his death would be drawing all people to the truth. Now the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to proclaim this truth in today's reading from the epistle. Did you catch it? This is what he said. This is what Ken read. There is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Reformation. Reformation brings us to this truth. And this is the truth, that we are all sinners from the time of our conception until the day that we die. And our hope, our only hope in this in this life, our only hope is in the perfect life. The perfect life, the sacrificial death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not in our imperfect life or attitude, or, but it's in his perfect life and sacrificial death. And so, what happens is we continuously stray. We stray away from this truth and we need continuous reformation to bring us back to this truth. Each week we've strayed and we come back and we hear his truth. And Jesus gives us the key, the key to the reformation that we need. When he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the name of Jesus, amen.